Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 348 and it is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. I am your host, Victor Romoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. Uh, we're doing it live on Zoom uh, this week. Uh, I feel like shit. <laughs> Yep. Uh, as as you as you do. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sick. <laughs> uh, sickness is in the air, so uh, you know uh, we're just gonna keep it on Zoom this week, so that way the sickness will be contained in uh, Carl's side of the world. Uh, but yeah, we're we're here uh, nerding it up as per usual. So uh, as Carl is sharing the episode, uh, once again, just want to say uh, uh, give a huge shout out to all of our uh, audience members, our listeners, our viewers. Thank you so much once again for you know uh, supporting the Codex Prime podcast. You know, catching our show every Tuesday on Facebook Live or catching us later on on SoundCloud, Spotify, or whatever your podcasting platform of choice is. Uh, yeah, we thank you for your listenership, your viewership. And yeah, we're just going to keep the train going, you know, uh, can't believe we're just two episodes away from episode 350, man. 350. Yeah, 350, man. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, we and we got uh, your main man, Stubert, in the chat. <laughs> you said his name correctly, sir. That's right. Uh, Chris Stewart in the chat saying, fellas, yes, welcome, sir. Man, listen, I will say that I, I got to give a shout out to Brian from UWO. Oh, yeah. oh his burial of love died, neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to I, I got to catch that. Um, yeah, that was last week, right? No, they actually did it last night. Oh, last night. Oh, OK. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to definitely uh, tune in for that because I want to hear his thoughts on that to be uh, masterpiece. And I put masterpiece in heavy quotation marks. He is not happy with me right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't blame him. I mean, I mean, uh, Pop Stew. That's how they repaid us with a slap in the face when we gave us when we gave them the blessing. Now, never mind a gift, yes. the blessing that is the Velocipaster and Mister Frankie Mermaid. You say his name right, Franklin Vontavious Mermaid. It's mermaid, right? Why? You know, why do they call him Frankie Mermaid? It's because he's swimming in. <laughs> You're goddamn right. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. It, his picture is like what is um, is my icon in one of the group chats that I'm in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sad part is nobody knows. And I'm like, man, if y'all know the greatness. Yeah. I mean, y'all just got to know the greatness. I know, man. I mean... I'd love to get a, a Frankie Mermaid movie, you know, uh, but you know, let's let's uh, you know, let's see what the let's see how the universe will uh, will bless us in 2024. Who knows? Maybe we'll uh, get a big budget uh, Frankie Mermaid motion picture. Rise to power. Yeah, yeah, Frankie Mermaid rise to power. Like, uh, what was that? Was it, was it Carlito's way? Yeah, Carlito's yeah. way, way rise to power. Like, I haven't seen it. It was I heard it was straight to video, so I was like, mm, I'm not gonna bother with that. So. Yeah, Diddy was in it. Oh, did he do it or not? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Diddy, Diddy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, this uh, this week's episode, uh, we're gonna be ch- chatting about our Game Awards predictions. Uh, the Game Awards just two days away, this coming Thursday, December seventh. 
Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, nominees for each of, each of the major categories. We're, we're going to give our predictions as well as our wagers uh, for um, for this year's Game Awards. I have the film in mind uh, for Mr. Bird, which he will... I know you have, and I still have not. I, there's a couple I have in mind, but I think hopefully by the end of the night, I think I can just settle for it. Okay, yeah, you know, give me any, give me any, you know, you know, uh, awards worthy, you know, uh, film with like rich production values some great acting, you know, some classics, perhaps, you know, um, maybe so, <laughs> maybe no. <laughs> oh, man, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Carl, um, as you're sharing the episode, uh, you want to get things started or should I get things started a bit? Um, you know what? Uh, how about I get things started while you're yeah? Sure. Go ahead. Okay. So yeah, uh, yeah. As for me, you know, um, you know, just a you know quick quick announcement as I posted on my uh Instagram uh this past uh I think it was it was it Sunday no no uh, Monday uh do the film thing uh the Victor Omoyo podcast is coming uh Sunday uh, January 7th 2024 kicking off the new year just right with a brand new podcasting project um it'll be a seasonal podcast so season one of do the film thing will commence in January uh well I'll have 10 episodes that's 10 video s uh, 10 audio essays I should say uh it's an audio only podcast 10 episodes uh cover, each covering a single film uh in in detail um I got got a few got a few gems in there you know sprinkling in there uh, may have some some good uh some good some you know great classics from back in the day even some surprising ones um I might I'm even, <clears throat> you know um some some uh some tasty uh uh, uh del- delicious cinematic goodness uh, for y'all, but uh, more details uh, in in the weeks ahead. Uh, there will be no Tubi movies that will be covered on Do the Film Thing. I'll I'll, I'll tell you that much. So, <laughs> so yeah, be on the lookout for that in the weeks ahead. I'll be uh, 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 giving a few like you know juicy you know minor sprinkles of we- weekly updates uh, in in the weeks leading up to uh, the first episode. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, looking forward to sharing it. You know, um, you know, just uh, you know, get, flexing my you know creative muscles. You know, feeling inspired. So, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Uh, Do the film thing podcast coming soon. Um, also, as Carl is sharing the episode and whatnot, um, I do have a few movie few movie reviews that uh that i'll get into uh some movie recommendations uh first off uh, i will kick off with an a24 movie just came out this past weekend in theaters it stars nicholas cage it's called dream scenario and uh dream scenario stars nicholas cage and uh, he plays a college professor who randomly appears in people's dreams just for no reason, like, you know, as people are having, like, weird dreams in their sleep, you know, Nicolas Cage just appears, he pops in, he just walks by, doesn't do anything, he just casually observes what's going on, and uh, people, you know, people are starting to, and and then whenever, whenever uh, Nicolas Cage's character, Paul, walks around the street, you know, people are like, hey, I saw you in my dreams, and so Paul, so Paul becomes this, you know, this uh, instant uh, viral celebrity, you know, and uh, but as as the movie progresses, 
you know, uh, the dream people's dreams that which involve Paul take a more violent and unsettling turn, and suddenly uh, public perception turns against Paul, and then the film becomes like a sort of like interesting uh, examination about um, you know celebrity culture, like being viral, and, and how public 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 perception can turn on a dime. Kind of touches a bit on cancel culture, but in an interesting way. Um, how how yesterday's how today's today's beloved celebrity can be tomorrow's most despised human being in the world um and yeah. also yeah and it also talks a bit about how a lot of people especially like um and not to sound like old man on cloud but um it talks about like how even some younger people like gen zers trying to weaponize trauma if you will like how how they define trauma in the most broad terms of like how oh you had an argument with your friend that's trauma so therefore you know i can bully you because i was victimized and then it kind of touches on that a little bit and it was it was an interesting character study um i thought that the film could have could have explored this explored the whole dream premise a little bit more a little bit more creatively a little bit it could have, it could have gone a little bit further but I thought it was an interesting, uh, an interesting exploration into uh, into that whole, you know, celebrity culture and, and a character study of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage uh, gives a really a great performance as as he does. Um, there's a, there's a there's, there's a particular scene where he uh, meets this young lady who has a sexual dream about Paul, and she tries to get him to reenact that dream in her apartment, and um, well, it doesn't turn out the way uh she expected you know expectations versus reality i will say nicholas cage's uh uh uh, facial expression is one that's burned into my in my memory in that scene because of how how hilarious it was uh uh, but yeah um i'll I'll say dream scenario worth the watch uh i'll say like if it's um it's, it's not it's not the most extraordinary film but it's i thought it was i thought it was fairly creative um, it'll definitely make my honorable mentions of, of 2023. So if you're a fan of Nicolas Cage, A24, hey, check it out. Dream Scenario. Um, second film I saw, it's on Netflix. Highly, highly recommend. This is one of my favorite films of the year because I've been thinking about it ever since I saw it this past weekend. It's called May, December, uh, starring Julianne Moore, uh, Natalie Portman, and Charles Melton. And this film is uh, inspired by the Mary Kate Letourneau story of the '90s. If you remember, uh, if you're of a certain, I do. yep, yep. And and for those of you listening, if you're of a certain age, if you grew up in the '90s, you remember this infamous story of uh, Mary Kate Letourneau, this uh, teacher who who uh, who raped essentially a seventh grade uh, seventh grade uh, boy, and and had that boy's child, and she served prison time was released and then had the kids had another child with the same boy years oh, later. Oh, they ended up getting married and everything. Yep, and they ended up getting they married. They fell in love. Or did they? Or did they because because I'll tell you like this film, this film is inspired by that and Julianne Moore plays plays the woman uh plays the Mary Kate Turno um equivalent uh, in question where uh, the where where she she where the whole film takes place like thirty something years after that after that whole incident goes down, and uh, she's married to um to the to the boy Joe uh, played by Charles Melton, and Charles uh, and Joe is thirty six years old. He has uh, uh three kids, two of which are are preparing to graduate high school and going to college, 
And, and Natalie Portman plays this actress who visits the family to, to study Julianne Moore's character and kind of like uh, take inspiration uh, cues from her so she can play her in an upcoming movie. Um, the movie is directed and written by Todd or directed by Todd Haynes, who also directed uh, such other uh, films as uh, Far From Heaven, Dark Waters, um, Safe, also starring Julianne Moore. Uh, and um, God, there was another film he also did relatively recently before that. But um, but yeah, uh, this movie, it's kind of it's kind of like equal parts, uh, a, a rich, dramatic character study and a lifetime movie with a with an actual budget like like the <laughs> like like the film like the film takes like a melodramatic turn especially with the musical score which is like over the top and like and like overly dramatic something that you would hear in a lifetime movie but but the but the but the dramatic uh but the acting uh, quality is, is is definitely not a lifetime movie it's much better uh considering the cast um julianne moore's character Man, I I love her as an actress. Uh, she's one of my favorite actresses, and she plays a massive piece of manipulative dog shit in this movie. I her character was just so loathsome. Like the way she, the way she just has no chill, no remorse whatsoever for for how she manipulated and still manipulates her husband, who she raped as a child, and had his kids and. There's a whole scene in particular where where she and Natalie Portman's character they're at they're they're um, at this uh, clothing store and uh, one of her daughters is trying out some clothes for her graduation. Now, if if you're taking now, Carl, let me ask you a question. If you take you know say one of your daughters, one of your stepdaughters to 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 go clothes shopping because they're excited about graduation high graduating high school and you want to get like a nice outfit, what would your what would your response be? Once they're, once they're trying outfits, would your response be A, hey, that's a cool outfit. Nice, nice, nice selection. That's what's up. Or B, wow, you are really brave choosing that outfit. I mean, I would never show my arms out, my bare arms out in public like that. I mean, I mean, the fact that you can re- you can reject beauty standards and just go with that dress. I mean, you are absolutely brave. What What response would you choose that would not make you sound like a massive piece of shit to your kid? Oh, the first one. <laughs> Absolutely. Does does Julianne Moore's character pick the first response? Absolutely not. She makes her kid, her daughter, feel like absolute, like an absolute loser. And that's just like one example of how she's so manipulative that she talks down to her kids, t- robs them of their self-esteem, even goes so far as to buying one of her daughters a scale for a birthday present uh, because she can. Like, like her character is just so... Uh, I, I God, like, like, salute to Julianne Moore for playing this character so well because I wanted to just choke her, the shit out of her watching her, just just watching her treat her kids so poorly. And then you got Natalie Portman's character, who's who's very manipulative in her own way. Like, she's very cynical. Like, she's just like you know tearing this family apart, just trying to study this uh, Julianne Moore's character just so she can get the most out of, of she can out of this out of this family getting them to like relive the pa- relive their awful past just so she can like play this character once she uh, goes off to do her project um and then you have Charles Melton who man one of the best performances of the year like I felt for his character Joe so much like his his character Joe is a forever victim unfortunately because yes he's married to this to this woman who basically just 
violated him uh, in, in unspeakable ways. And to the point where, like, their whole family dynamic is beyond fucked up. Like, watching Joe who, and his kids, they look so close in age. Joe looks more like an older brother instead of their actual father. Like, there's a scene where his he's talking with his son. And his son, he like gives him a gives him some gives him some weed, and Joe is like, "Oh, I never did this before." And 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 his son is like, "Really? Like you never smoked weed as a kid?" And then the and then Joe has a breakdown, just starts crying in his son's arms, saying that, "Oh man, I, I'm hope I hope I'm not giving you a bad memory." And and the, and the son is consoling his his dad. It's like, "Yeah, it's okay. It's like a it's like a role reversal," and it's so and it's so deeply disturbing and damaging. That man, you just want to give this guy a hug because, and you want to make sure that he gets the fuck away from this whole awful, disturbing family situation. Like, man, like Charles Melton, man, he deserves an Oscar nomination for for his performance because, oof, I I felt for his character. His character just broke my heart, and man, man, he he really is the heart the heart of this film, May December. So. Yeah, man, it, it, it's 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 one of my favorite films of the year. Like, it's it's a it's a multi layered character study. Um, watch it. I highly recommend it. Watch it. It's on Netflix. If you're a fan of great acting and, and just great writing, and it's just something that's gonna make you think. It's it's one of those films that like gets under your skin in like in like the best way, where you're just thinking about it and thinking about all the implications of the story. And I will say that the ending of the film it was like. That's it, but in the best way. Like it makes sense for the character, uh, Natalie Portman's character. But oh, okay. yeah, but yeah, May December. Check it out. It's 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 as infuriating as it is engaging. I recommend it. Um, and then last but not least, the third film I recommend. And shoutouts to Angela Marandola, friend of the show. I had no idea of this movie's existence until she told me about it, and it's and it's in theaters now. It's called Godzilla Minus One. It is hearing a lot of good things about that. Oh man, yo, this film rocks, man. This film is everything. Yes, I absolutely love Godzilla minus one. It's a film that it's it's two hours. It's just pure pure adrenaline. It's a it's a it's a great. uh, It has great humanity to it. It's about this uh this this. It takes place uh post World War Two. Um, when Japan's recovering from from that war, and um, mm-hmm. the main character is this guy who's this who's this, supposed to be this kamikaze pilot, but uh, but uh, he actually lands his towards the end of World War II, he lands his plane on this island, under under, uh, and he pretends that his plane is all messed up, so he can't you know do his suicide mission. And then when the mechanic, when the main mechanic finds out that wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with your plane, Godzilla shows up and starts wrecking shit. And so uh, the guy who survives, who the, the would-be kamikaze pilot survives that, and the film uh, follows him in, a, in the next few years, post-war Japan, and uh, suddenly he um, he meets with this uh, ragtag group of uh, civilians that that are that you know sweep from mines in the Pacific Ocean off the Jap- Japanese coast, Tokyo coast, and then Godzilla comes back to wreck some shit, and uh, it's a, it's up to this uh, would-be kamikaze pilot to sort of like redeem himself. To find like kind of find the bravery and kind of confront his survivor's guilt. Uh, this film, like I said, it is it is absolutely phenomenal. 
uh, from start to finish. Uh, when I heard the, the the classic Godzilla theme, which was famously sampled by Pharaoh Monch with Simon Says. <laughs> yup. Yeah, I marked out in my seat. I was like, yes, 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 get him, Godzilla. Oh, man, uh, I, the, the, the special effects are just, the visual effects are absolutely fun, fun to watch. Um, I wish, you know what, I need to use that. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yes. Um, it, it, it is, it is, it is, it is a rollicking good time. Um, man, it, it's, it's got, a, it's got plenty of trauma. It's got plenty of action. It's got plenty of pathos. Um, there's, 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 there's a real heart and soul to it. The, 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 the dramatic moments are, are taken seriously. You know, there are, there are plenty of, you know, you know, action films out there that would, that would take a dramatic moment and then just shit on it with a, with a shitty joke to ease the tension because God forbid you have an, you have an earnest moment, you know, like I, we, we can name a bunch of films like that may have, that have like 50, 50, 11 installments out there. You know, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, Carl, you know, ones with like post-credit Family. stingers, you know, the, the, the film, you know. Family. Yeah, you know, like like film films that are nothing more but two hour advertisements for the post credit stinger that'll advertise for and the next I, movie. I already know I, you have nothing else better to do than just troll the MCU. You yeah. really I'm like, is there another you know DC does the same shit. Uh you know we we ain't talk about DC. Don't bring up don't bring up bullshit. But anyway uh, there but, you go. but but anyway, Godzilla <laughs> minus one is is one of is one of my favorite films of the year it is it is a welcome surprise if you're a fan of godzilla you know if you're a fan of these 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 big kaiju monster movies go see it you know ha- have a great time it's two hours five minutes uh it is it, it, it's the bomb diggity no doubt um yeah it's <laughs> yeah it, 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 it it's 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 all that and a bag of uh, caramel cheddar popcorn from Trader Joe's. Please bring that awesome. back, Trader Joe's, because I miss that so much. But yeah, Godzilla minus one. Yeah, Gojira represent what? Well then, uh, first of all, my my aunt's watching, so you know we got to do the Killmonger. One, <laughs> two, three. Hey, hey auntie. auntie. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for uh, joining us on the show uh, in the comments. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what I've been up to. Oh, and one more thing. As you can see in my Zoom wallpaper, I've been playing a lot of this game, Alan Wake 2, um, which uh, it, there was there is no physical release. You can only uh, purchase it a digital free a digitally on PS, PlayStation Store or Xbox uh, Series X. Um Alan Wake Two. Um, so far, um, about like about several hours into the game, you know, still still um, uh, reaching a halfway point, I think. Um, phenomenal sequel uh, to the first game, even better than the original. Um, if you've played the first, th- th- it does require knowledge of the first game, so I do recommend uh, playing through the first game to get into the narrative of this game. Uh, Alan Wake Two takes place thirteen years after the events of Alan Wake. Uh, where um, uh, this FBI agent, Saga Anderson, uh, discovers Alan Wake, uh, who uh, escapes uh, the Lake Cauldron, uh, which is in Bright Falls, which is in Washington State. And uh, he's trying to uh, pursue his evil doppelganger named Mr. Scratch, who's uh, 
who's uh you know in influencing this the, the the surrounding environment to to reshape it to his will and meanwhile there's this evil cult called the cult of the tree uh which is uh kidnapping and disemboweling people for their own uh evil uh nefarious reasons and in oh the book... it is a victor game oh yeah oh yeah it, it very much is like it's <laughs> it's it's survival horror it's it's a uh, psychological horror um, you play as both Alan Wake and Saga Anderson. Um, the game has an excellent has this excellent mechanic where, uh, the, which is called the mind place, where as Saga Anderson, if you press if you press uh, the, the 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 pad, the, the center pad, you see you you it takes her into her mind mind place where you can like uh hang up clues on a wall to kind of like make connections uh with all of the clues and the cases uh, in, in the cases that you're solving um you can profile characters as well so to uncover more of the story and and uh and uh another another mission objectives uh for alan wake he has a similar uh mind place called the writer's room where it goes into his mind and he can actually you can actually like line up um a, a storyboard which can line up a certain certain elements that happens in the story to kind of like reshape the work the world to his will. Um, it's 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 a fantastic game uh, so far. Like I absolutely recommend it. It's a gorgeous looking game. It I can definitely see why it's one of the top nominees for this year's Game Awards, which we'll talk about later on. Um, yeah, man, uh, absolute recommendation for this game. It's one of my one of my favorite games of 2023 uh yeah i can't wait to play more of it and finish it and yeah man if, if, if you haven't played the first one please 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 play the first one before you get into alan wake 2 you won't regret it it's the, the story the storytelling is phenomenal uh sam lake salute to one of the best storytellers in the business from max Payne to control to alan wake man uh he's 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 one of the greats he deserves like a hall of fame award for video game storytelling so uh Basically, Tears of the Kingdom is just collecting dust. Uh, yeah, kinda. Um, <clears throat> yeah, cause I mean, the, the the game is massive. I will go back to it. Uh, but once I finish Alan Wake it's two, four in February coming up. Um, I don't know if I can even finish that game in four in February, but I'll try. I'll give it the old college try. But uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got. That's all I got for this week. Uh, all right. Carl, what about you, man? It was a busy weekend for me. Um, usually I do review comics, but I just, you know what? The weekend enough was just, was busy enough for me. I was in Philadelphia this past weekend, just giving off my Dallas Cowboys energy to make sure that the Eagles get their ass whooped. And mm. I did. The, 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 no, they did. They, they got whooped. The, the the Eagles won. The Eagles lost. Yeah. Wow, that's the second loss of the year. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing yeah, for the Cowboys. The... Yeah, we won. No, we're actually pretty good this year. But anyway, um, but yeah, I was at Pax Unplugged nice. this past weekend in Philly, mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely got to talk to you about some stuff off air. But anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just being in Philly was actually pretty cool. Um, I got there pretty early, so uh, after I finally, you know, got settled and everything, because I, I drive at night. When I do long trips, road trips, I drive at night. Hmm. Less traffic. Oh, makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So after, you know, I finally got settled and stuff, my Airbnb was literally like around the corner. 
from the museum. Okay. The famous museum where the Rocky steps were. Ah, nice. Nice. And, of course, I had to take a picture of the statue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had to do it. Yep. You ran up the Rocky steps? I did. Nice. Fascinated. There was people dressed up as Rocky <laughs> in that scene and running up the steps. Nice. And what was cool is, too, they had, like, they have, like, little Rocky stores mm-hmm. in there where you can buy, like, Balboa robes and T-shirts and Apollo Creed trunks and stuff. Mm, that's what's up. Thought about it, but I was like, nah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was in Airbnb and all over the place and all that. So, um, but yeah, I ended up making my way to the uh, festival at the Philadelphia Convention Center, who's freaking massive, by the way. Mm. Like, you... Let's just say that if you was to lay all the floors in Comic-Con flat, mm-hmm. at Rhode Island Comic-Con, it would be just, that's how big it would be. Oh, okay. mm. And basically, PAX Unplugged is just all, it's basically dedicated to tabletop or RPGs and other types of tabletop games. Mm-hmm. I always knew that there was a community, but I was in a whole new world. Like, I did not realize how massive that community was. Well, it is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just half of that was just tables lined up of people just playing Magic and D&D and, oh, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, all those, you know, all those types of games. Yeah. Just, I mean, it was crazy. It was just, it was incredible to me. Yeah, first one thing too, I I, I gotta give the shout outs to to Ed and Patty from Game Adelphia. Word, word. For you know how I that's how I end up giving the passes from this. It's just, and it's just amazing amazes me how like doing this pod, you know doing podcasting has like opened a door to like so many friendships. And I'm just ecstatic to say that I was one of them. He didn't, Ed didn't show up until like later on in day two. Mm-hmm. And literally by the time, like when we got there, when we finally met up, we, we just couldn't shut up. It was like, like we had a lot of catching up to do, mm-hmm. but it was just like, you know, it was so much fun just kicking it with them, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was an amazing time. The next day. So I, I had a few things on the agenda that I wanted to do. So for one, you can check out my Instagram at MrBird1027. I went to, I had to visit the old ECW media. Oh, was it the, not the Hammerstein Ballroom, right? No, that's the 23, it's called the 2300 Arena. Okay. But Hammerstein Ballroom is in New York, in oh, Manhattan. Yeah. But the original ECW Arena, it, you know, it was closed and, you know, the, at that time I went. But I had to just visit and take a picture in front of it. Because hmm. yeah. as a wrestling fan, you're, that's history. Yeah. So then, right after that, with a quick Google search, I actually found the playground that Will Smith got into a fight with <laughs> and before he, before his mother sent him to, to live with his auntie and uncle in Bel Air. Yeah. So it's Roberto Clemente Playground mm-hmm. and technically North Philly. Okay. Yeah. 
But first of all, like, you know, there's no such thing in park. Uh, no such thing as parking in film. Hmm. Like, it's so tight. Like, I was, like, this close away from blocking a fire hydrant. Oh, man. <laughs> and I just got so lucky that I was still able to catch that state parking spot. <laughs> Other than that, I just Ubered all over the place. Okay. Because nice. it just it just makes better sense. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I found that park, so I had to take a picture of it. Like, it was... Gotta, obviously, you know, when they shot it, it was, like, 30 years ago. Oh, yeah. 30 plus years ago. So it got a very nice makeover. Hmm. Seems like it's in a gentrified area, though. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look hood and stuff. Like, it was just a lot. It was a lot of white people <laughs> in that area. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Like, and then the surrounding area is just like a lot of, there were a lot of businesses. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this is very gentrified area. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was cool. It was cool to uh, witness that, and then also to later on that day. Uh, first of all, I did have a cheesesteak. Nice. Okay. But I went to Max's, mm-hmm. and they were just like, "Yeah, no, you shouldn't have went there." Hmm. Why is that? I don't know. Everybody. It seems like everybody has their. Everybody in Philly has their preferred cheesesteak spot. Mm-hmm. But. Everybody in Philly says never to go to Geno's or Pat's. Because hmm. okay. they're the more like commercial cheesesteaks. Everybody knows about them. Okay. So they're like, nah, you don't, don't go to Geno's or Pat's. Like, go to this place or that place. Uh, so I didn't feel like going out again. So I, I just Airbnb, I just uh, grew up the first cheesesteak place I was able to get, which wasn't bad, but. Hmm. I like I said, I don't I'm not a cheesesteak connoisseur so yeah yeah next time so I'm yeah I'm sure next time I go I'm definitely gonna go, I'm gonna like do more do more research and find like the best cheesesteak place like not to like I said I want to get get the bubblies for like two days after we eat one of those <laughs> oh yeah good old bubble guts from all that grease. exactly <laughs> but you know it'd be worth it though. I wanted to go to Kooks. There's a restaurant called Kooks. I gotta t- I'm gonna show you their Instagram and some of the things that they had, but that was the plan, but it got too you know, it got too late because mm. when I met up with Ed, we ended up uh, watching a live Dungeons and Dragons game by uh, hosted by Acquisitions Incorporated. Mm-hmm. And one of the special guests that was there was WWE superstar Xavier Woods. Nice. Up up down down. Oh yeah, they were yeah they were in the building. Now, mind you, I don't play D and don't. I'm not a tabletop player, so everything was just so new to me. And if anybody, if any member of Codex would succeed in D and D, it definitely would be you. <laughs> you have to have like some immaculate storytelling skills mm-hmm. to play this game. And like it was ve- like the story was very like very intricate that they were telling but then it was just like when certain people made some rules and stuff you know Ed's just sitting there like oh like he's watching a sporting event and I'm like I have no idea what's going on they did tell funny jokes which is cool but yeah yeah but that was just like that was like it, I, I, I couldn't believe how packed 
the how packed the auditorium was in the Philly Convention Center it, just to watch people play D and D for three hours. It was a three hour event. Hey, yeah, yeah, D and D, man, it's been popular for decades, so it's got a oh, le- absolutely legion of fans. Yeah. yeah, and then what, what? My my goal was to get a, at least get a picture with Xavier Woods. Mm. Got it, but he was real quick. He had to be do it like real quick and then leave because I can already I already knew like if he saw if he was nice enough to do it for me. If somebody saw him do it, mm. then yeah. other people will be flocking to do it, and you know that would have been cool. Yeah. So, but damn it, I wanted to plug the podcast in and be like, I just want to be on up and down, down. I just want to chill with you. <laughs> like I feel like I have the time of my life. I just hang out with Xavier Woods. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be dope, man. Just playing some old retro games and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, with some uh, but, uh, some of the WWE heads. Exactly, but I was so tired by Sunday. I was just so tired and ready to go home mm-hmm. that so I left. I left Philly probably about like nine, about nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Mind you, the Airbnb was pretty much around the corner from the museum where the Rocky Steps were. Yep. Stallone was there. What? Sly? Stallone, Sly showed up after I had left Philly. Wow. Oh, man. It's to commemorate the anniversary of the first movie's release. Nice. Okay. Wow. Stallone was there. I just missed Stallone. Damn, man. Ugh. Timing. Awful. Awful timing. Mm. Not to mention, too, like, I wanted to go to, on the way back, I wanted to go by the the Book of Hope exhibit in the Brooklyn Library. Mm. And uh, shout out to Fumi. She was there. She was just like, there was a mile mile and a half line. Mm. Because yesterday was the last day of the exhibit. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired. I had a headache. I'm just going to... And mind you, it was raining. So I'm like, I'm just going to cut my losses Mm. and just miss out. Yeah. Uh, That's that's too bad. But can't can't win them all, you know? No, yeah, I had to look at it that way. At least for that. Other than that, I I try to get the most out of everything. Yeah. But yeah, Pax Unplugged was pretty. Well, it was dope, though. There was like a lot of games, so many vendors, all just selling games. They definitely they were selling like these gaming tables that were freaking gorgeous. Mm. Oh, really? Like, I was like, oh, I don't even want to touch it. Boop, touched. <laughs> but yeah, uh, there was a uh, Sonic game, tabletop game that that what you was able to demo. Mm. But here's the thing: you could pre-order it. You couldn't buy it right then and there. You could pre-order it, and then you'll get it like the same time as like Barnes and Nobles would have got it. So, mm. but yeah, Pax Unplugged was dope. Mm. I, I think you that's that dad energy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely was. <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, Roberto? Hey, hey. That dad, that dad energy is real. Mm. All right. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Uh, but yeah, that was that. That was my weekend. Um, can't wait till the next time I go back to Philly. Philly was good to me. It was real. 
Nice. Yeah. Oh, hopefully, uh, hopefully next time you get to see a uh, state property there. You know. <laughs> I don't know. Fun fact: I actually found somebody. <laughs> so, my Uber driver just happens to be uh, a singer, a martial artist, choreographer, dancer, and all that. So we just started talking. I was telling her about stuff that we did, you know, that's all the things that I was doing. So we exchanged Instagrams, and she's followed by Fit, and she's like good friends with Freeway. Mm. Oh wow, okay, Philadelphia Freeway. Love that first album, but mm. anyway, like, and I'm just sitting there like, yo, how dope is this? Like, mm. yeah, uh, I think Roberto says in in regards to the uh, that table. Uh, that you mentioned. Uh, Edge won't let me have the table. It's too big for the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> too big for the apartment, but they I'm were, they were some her. big ones. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, if you can, if you can get that table and you know, be creative with your space, Roberto. Hey, go for it. <laughs> anything is for anything's possible. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, that's what. Oh, I did stop by Fat Jack's Comics too, and, and I ended up getting a good deal on uh, on the first appearance of Sam Wilson as Captain America. Mm. Oh. So I ended up getting a really good, deal, a really good deal at that too. So I was like, "Yes, dope." Mm. Oh, Roberto says, uh, uh, "Bro, when I read Questlove's book, they made music with everybody. The local stripper was Eve. The person who sold uh-huh. their jeans was Joe Scott. The pizza delivery guy was Music Soul Child, etc." Hey, humble beginnings for all those notable names. Yeah, if I would have hit. And here's the thing too, like some of the I end up getting in touch with one of the fleet DJs just a little too late. Mm. The one of the fleet DJs out there, so I'm like, all right, I'll be back. I'll be back though, because Philly is a fine town. Yeah, and uh, with all these uh, Philly names that Roberto mentioned, uh, Questlove, he's an Oscar winner, best documentary feature, Summer of Soul. Eve is married to a billionaire, um, and uh, Jill Scott still doing her thing, music soul child. Um, he never came out with that rap album, but hey, still doing music. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's it on my end. Uh, okay. All right. So let's shall- get these game awards predictions. All right. So yeah, um, as y'all know, uh, the game awards. Uh, it's coming out this Thursday, December seventh. Uh, so uh, we'll be seeing uh, this year's. Uh, this year's uh, nominees and future winners take home some prizes uh, for the best video games of the year. Uh, Carl and I, we have our predictions for each of the major categories for uh, the Game Awards. And uh, yeah, and as 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 is tradition here on the Codex Prime podcast uh, for the last few years, um, we, Carl and I, will make predictions for each category. And whichever one of us gets the most uh, correct predictions... Uh, we will have a wager uh, for the other co-host uh, to follow. Um, so yeah, does this make it so much fun? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does make it fun. Makes it makes it more interesting. Um, so yeah, Carl, uh, how do you want to do this? You want to go through each uh, of the major categories, uh, beginning with game yeah. Game I already, and... Yep, I already have them all like written down. So oh, first okay. up, we're gonna start with player's voice. All right. All right, and the nominees are Baldur's Gate 3, mm-hmm. Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty, mm-hmm. Genshin Impact, yep. Legends of, Legend of Zelda, The Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. and Marvel's Spider-Man 2. Mm. Yeah, for a player's voice, I believe this is the uh, the category that fans can actually vote, vote for, right? 
Yeah. Um, you know, th- this is this is actually <laughs> we're beginning with a rather tough uh, tough lineup here. Um, I'll say like based on uh, just based on like public uh, reception. Um, I'm actually going to go with Baldur's Gate 3 for this one, for Player's Voice. Okay, and I'm going for Spider-Man. I'm going for Spider-Man because that game deserves every accolade possible. That game is beautiful. It is, but I think it's going to be a Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart situation this year for Spidey 2. What is happening? Me and Ed put that up. He's like, yeah. we're sitting there talking about the Game Awards and stuff. And he's like, what was it that one the other day? I was like, oh, yeah, it takes two because we want Justice for Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, and, oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, and for all all of, all of our fine folks in the chat, uh, Roberto's uh, uh, following suit. Uh, feel free to include your predictions and thoughts about the game awards in the comments as well. Um, Roberto says uh, Baldur's Gate three lets you do everything. Love Spider Man, but Baldur's Gate three. Uh, I do want to play Baldur's Gate three. Um, I know that that game is like a hundred hours minimum, so I, I really do want to finish Tears of the Kingdom before I even think about Baldur's Gate three. Just so I can be fair to Tears of the Kingdom, because uh, I've I've put it off long enough. But um, but yeah, we'll see. I, I will play Baldur's Gate three in, in the new year. That's for sure. But yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have the most anticipated game, hmm. and uh, Grand Theft Auto Six just pretty much wiped out every single one of those categories. <laughs> wiped up. Listen, listen, Carl. You know, I didn't come here to preach here today, but you know, when I saw that mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto 6 teaser trailer, I, mm-hmm. I feel good. I feel good because there's a god mm-hmm. somewhere. There's a god mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Insomnia Games, ha. Huh? Sucker Punch Games, huh? Microsoft, huh? They can take the picture, huh? but they can't make it, huh? Only Rockstar, huh? the uh, Hugh Hefner on high, can make it for you. Hey, <laughs> rapper. I mean, this this te- this teaser trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six, yo, this is straight up Florida Man the game, and I yep. am a hundred percent for it. For it, yep. And let me let me say, let me say this. Two two, two words. And this is and this is a decade well spent for for Rockstar Games for Rock for Grand Theft Auto Six, twerking physics, dude. When I saw that clip of that of of that John twerking on on a car on a, on on, on, a, on the game's like little Instagram video thing, I was like, wow, Rockstar devoted a lot of resources to get accurate twerking physics. Never in the history of video games. Have we gotten twerking accurate, twerking physics? It's a decade well spent. Yo, game of game of twenty twenty five. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Whew, I mean. So one of the TikTokers I follow, Stony the Great, he said, "Look," and he is on the Red Dead Redemption two high horse. Oh really? But he is like, listen, this game looked like. The expectations are so high that people, like, the game will be a 10 out of the 10, mm-hmm. and people will still complain that it's not 20. 
Hey, yeah, it, it, this game, man, it, it, it's going to be like the Dave Meltzer situation where, like, oh, you just gave this five stars? Why not six? Why not seven? It's like, d- dude, it's like we gave it our maximum rating. <laughs> like, ratings become meaningless after a certain point. <laughs> but, yo. It's, mm. yeah. Yo, Florida man, the game, I'm, I'm for it. I want to. Oh, and freaking, and then he also picked up. Do you remember the, okay, what was the name? Of the protagonist from Vice City. Mind uh, you, it was back in Vice City. Uh, it was... Uh, Thomas... Uh, Tommy Versetti. Uh, Tommy Versetti, played by the late Ray Liotta. Somehow, someway, and I hope and pray that he makes a cameo in there. It, they had 10 years to make this... They had 10 years to make this game, damn it. it you can... Hey, if if they manage to get Ray Liotta, like in the years of the development, hey, that just for a cameo, that'd be really cool. I must say, that would be really cool, man. But yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we might as well just put both of us Grand Theft Auto Six, but <laughs> yeah, but it it's not one of the uh, anticipated game nominees, unfortunately. Yeah, um, so the nominees are Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, mm-hmm. Hades Two. Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, hmm. Star Wars Outlaws, okay. and Tekken 8. Hmm. I think, yeah, I can't go wrong with any of these, but I think I'm going to go with the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, because I know that uh, the Final Fantasy VII Remake um, is like the first part of a three-part trilogy for this Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII uh, re- uh, uh, Remake series. So I think... Um, Rebirth is going to be the most anticipated winner. Okay, I gotta I gotta go with Tekken Eight as a Tekken loyalist. But we are mm. getting three of the four pillars of mm. fighting games in one year. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. You got Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Yep. Now Tekken. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth is Smash Brothers. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. But and that trailer alone for Tekken E, oh my God! Like, mm. hey, hey, I'm and I love me some. I love me some Tekken. Yeah, hey, Tekken's been holding strong for like almost thirty years now. Yeah. God damn, indeed it has. <laughs> so yeah, that's my vote. That's my vote. Okay. Next up, we have best adaptation. Mm. So we have. The nominees are Castlevania Nocturne, mm-hmm. uh, the Gran Turismo movie, mm-hmm. the Last of Us TV show, uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie, mm-hmm. and the Twisted Metal TV show. Oh, this one's easy. I'm going with Last of Us. Last of Us, yep. Yeah. Like I've heard, I've heard good things about um, Nocturne and the Mario Brothers movie and Twisted Metal. Mixed things about Gran Turismo, the movie, but yeah, I think Last of Us is like a no-brainer here. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in, in regards to our the fighting games that we mentioned, uh, Roberto says, how dare you leave out Toshinden as a pillar? Um, Battle Arena Toshinden? Uh-oh. That's... That's, that's, no, that's straight PS One era. Like nobody remembers and Toshinden. That's it. Yeah, I, you just reminded me of the game. Yeah, Toshinden was like one of those early PS One games I played like '96, and 
I never thought about it since. <laughs> I'm sorry. But the reason why I say they're the pillars because of the franchise itself. They're still continuing to to put out games. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not gonna say all of them was good, especially for Mortal Kombat, but yeah, good. Yeah, you gotta talk about uh active franchises, you know. Yeah. yeah. But next up, we got innovation in in. Innovation and accessibility. Yep. So, oh, this is tough for me. Uh, so, we the nominees are Diablo Four, mm-hmm. Forza Motorsport, Hi-Fi Rush, Spider-Man Two, Mortal Kombat One, and S- Street Fighter Six. Um, let's see, for accessibility, like, me having only played two of these games, Diablo 4 and Spidey 2, I'm gonna go with Spidey 2, uh, because just even glancing at some of the accessibility features, it is pretty intuitive, so it does do a good job of, like, bringing, uh, Same. bringing more game, more games with, like, many, perhaps any, like, audio-visual challenges to, uh, to, to be able to play the game, so I'm gonna go with Spidey 2 for this one, just based on the ones I've played. Same here, but and I put, but the, it was very tough with Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter was a close second, but Mortal Kombat and Spider Man were like very neck and neck. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I played Mortal Kombat. All right. Yes. yes, you did. Um, best multiplayer game. Mm. All right, so we have Baldur's Gate Three, Diablo Four, Party Animals. Street Fighter Six and Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Mm. You know, I, I, uh, I would have gone with Diablo Four, but with the basically universal praise that Baldur's Gate Three has received, I'm gonna have to go with mm-hmm. that one. I'm gonna go with Baldur's Gate. Same here, Be- because like Street Fighter Six was is definitely a good fun, good game. Mm-hmm. But are we still talking about it? Are people still talking about it? Maybe only die, Street Fighter diehards. But yeah. even then, when Mortal Kombat came out, everybody was talking about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun game. Oh, my gosh. It was. <laughs> and that's, coming, that's a lot coming from you. I know. <laughs> I'm not a fighting connoisseur, but I had fun with that game. Uh, and this one definitely ain't yours. We've got best sports slash racing games. Oh, yeah. So we have uh, EA Sports FC24, mm-hmm. F123, Forza Motorsports, Hot Wheels Unleashed 2, mm-hmm. Turbocharged, and The Crew Motorfest. And I'm just going to go with the easy one because they seem to kind of always get it mm-hmm. i'm gonna go forza yeah same here i'm going with forza <laughs> all right so next up we have best sim and strategy game mm-hmm. so we have advanced wars one one and two reboot camp cities skylines two Company of Heroes 3, Fire Emblem Engage, yep. or Pikmin 4? Hmm. Yeah, 
this this one was a little tough. Uh, heard a lot of great things about Advanced Wars um, and Pikmin Four, but I'm gonna go with Fire Emblem Engage. I'm, okay. I'm um, about that one. All right. I think I will choose. Um, I'm going with a sleeper and pick cities. Okay. Okay. Cities, Mio Peasants fans. Alright, so next up is Best Family Game. So we got Disney Illusion Island, Party Animals, yep. Pikmin 4, Sonic Superstars, and Super, Mar- Super Mario Brothers Wonder. Hmm. I'm going to go with uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder for this one. Okay. And I think I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Pikmin Four. Okay. Yeah, I've heard heard good things about that. About that whole. All series. right. This. This is going to be tough. Mm. All right. So we have for best fighting game. Mm. Actually, it's actually easier than I thought. God of Rock. What's that? Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl 2. Yep. Pocket Bravery. Yep. And Street Fighter 6. Oh, we gotta go with Mortal Kombat 1. Fatality. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 1. I mean, when it comes to fighting games, like intuitive controls, the beautiful graphics... Um, the storyline. Yep, storyline was great. Yeah, man, the fatalities are way over the top. Love it. Exactly. <laughs> so, best role playing game. Baldur's <laughs> Gate Three. There it is. That there it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 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 Give me a chance to read the other ones. Oh yeah, you, you can you can go ahead and uh uh rattle off the rest. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Lies of P, Sea of Stars, and Starfield. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, I'll go Lies of P. Hey, Lies of P, so that's that's one game I, I do want to play too. Um, and I do have Sea of Stars as well, which is one of the free games on the PlayStation Network. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 um, had, had some strong reviews when it came out, but nobody really talks about it anymore. And Starfield had a, had a strong positive buzz in the beginning, but then like it, be, it generally garnered a mixed reaction as uh, the weeks went on, for various reasons. So all right, yeah, BG three for it. Okay, this one I think this one is a little tough. Looking mm. at this, best action adventure game. Mm. We got. So, uh, we have Alan Wake 2. Yep. Um, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Uh huh. Oh, okay. That's basically your pick. 
Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. No, I said you moved just to show the background, so I was guess, I'm guessing Alan Wake 2 is your pick? Oh, no, not Alan Wake 2, no. no. Oh, so we got Alan Wake 2, Tears of the Kingdom, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Mm. That's tough. Yeah, this is an excellent round of action-adventure games. Exactly, because... Um, and you can make a strong case for any one of these titles, but... Yeah, I heard really good things about uh, Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, Resident Evil 4 Remake is glorious, I'll say that. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we know Spider-Man 2 is just divine. Uh, yep. But, but in, in, in terms of, like, sheer innovation and just elevation of the action-adventure craft and the Zelda formula, I gotta go with Tears of the Kingdom. I just got it. Hmm. A game that you never finished. I, I I spent 60 hours playing that game, all right? I have a good handle of what that game is about. I haven't even finished this story at all, so... But you yeah. barely even touched this game. This is freaking delicious. Is that a Dunkin' Donuts? It's a milkshake. Dunkin' Donuts no. milkshake? Oh. It's from, like, Neon Marketplace. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Very uh, thick though. Mm. Um. Mm. Thick. Anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna go Spider Man Two. Yeah. Spider Man Two. Okay. Hey. You know, uh, like I said, uh, Spider Man Two might be the Ratchet and Clank rift apart for this year's Game Awards, man. I probably. I actually expect it. I expect that. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim Drescher in the in the chat here. Asks milkshake, milkshake, but does it bring all the boys to the yard? Damn yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> um, so our next category, I'll, I'll, I'll read this off real quick, is a uh, best action game. <laughs> uh, best action game. The nominees are Armored Core Six, Fires of Rubicon, Dead Island Two. Ghost Runner 2, Hi-Fi Rush, and Remnant 2. So, what you got for the for the action game category? Not a damn one, because I played not one of them. I barely even heard of these. But, I'm going to go with Ghost Runner 2 just because of the name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ghost Runner... Um, uh... It's a solid pick. Um, I haven't played it. I haven't played the sequel, but I played the first game of Ghost Runner, but also for this title, uh, which is my prediction, uh, Remnant 2. I'm going to go with Remnant 2 because the first game, uh, which I played on the PS4, um, has a, has a, it's, it's a very solid foundation. A little janky, but the potential is there. Remnant 2 looks like it's something that's, uh, that definitely takes the best parts of the first game and, and evolves it. That's the game that I, that's another game that's on my list that I really want to play, but again, God, twenty twenty two man, twenty twenty three has been spoiling us, man. Let me let yeah. me let me finish Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Remnant Remnant two for me. All right, best VR slash AR game. Gran hmm. Turismo seven. Mm-hmm. Humanity. Horizon Call of the Mountain. Resident Evil Village or Synapse? 
Oh, I'm going to go with Horizon Call of the Mountain for this one. Um, heard, heard a lot of good things about uh, Call of the Mountain. Um, just just picturing uh, uh, the Horizon world in VR. VR, yeah. Yeah, it must be gorgeous. I believe it, but I'm going to go Resident Evil Village. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's a res- good game in VR too, from what I, from what I understand. Yeah, you know, Lady D just grabbing you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> In VR. Hey, hey, listen, uh, listen. I, I'm just her stupid man thing, okay? You know, you know, just. just you, you know, just, 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 just stomp me in the morning and then just walk away. Fucking <laughs> 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 big man. <laughs> Best mobile game. Okay. Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. Mm-hmm. Honkai Star Rail. Hello Kitty Island Adventure. Mm. Monster Hunter Now. Yep. And Terra Nil. Um, Not a mobile game uh, person. Haven't played a single one of these, but I will go with Monster Hunter Now based on the uh, quality reviews it's received it seems alright and I think I will uh, I think I'm gonna pick a sleeper I'm gonna go Terra Nil okay alright so best community support hmm Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Destiny 2, Final Fantasy 14, No Man's Sky. Hmm. Uh, surprised, surprised to see uh, No Man's Sky is still here after all these years. Uh, I know. Um, I, that was the early days of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was bad. Yeah, when the game first came out, yeah, it wasn't living up to a lot of the promises that it set out the gate with, but it's improved substantially over the years, from what I understand. Um, I would say, like, on the surface, No Man's Sky would probably be the pick for me, but um, I don't know. Like like Jim Drescher says, uh, Destiny 2 is up there as far as community support goes. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I, I say, like, for Cyberpunk... More so, like from CD Projekt Red's end, like they've been able to get some substantial patches as well. Um, I don't know, like you know, I guess I'll go with, I guess I'll still stick with No Man's Sky for this one. Okay. Yeah, just 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 based on the strength of like all of the significant updates that game has received, and still does uh, to this day. And I still haven't played the game at all, so I can't tell you if it's out right. there or not. Oh, Cyberpunk. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, so, so, that was another one that was that had a bad launch. Yeah, it, it did, and it's and plus with the new Phantom Liberty expansion and the new patches, the game is like overhauled significantly. It should it, it's the game that should have been three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Best ongoing game. Mm. 
feel like these are the same freaking games every year. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of them here. Three of them here I could see. Apex Legends. Yep, that's one. Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 14. Hmm. Fortnite and Genshin Impact. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cyberpunk 2077 here. Uh, for I'm going Fortnite. Because it just seems pretty easy. Mm. Yeah, like like for me with Cyberpunk, like I said, like with CD Projekt Red uh, doing the doing the work to, to improve the game through the patches and the Phantom Liberty expansion. Yeah, I'm going to go with that for best ongoing game. Um, Nick Thomas says that he got that game before the patches. And woof. woof. Yeah. <laughs> woof. Yeah, and for those of you who bought it for the PS4, oh my god. I can't uh, imagine what that game looks like on that console. Oh, that was me. I was that guy. You talking about Cyberpunk? Yeah. Yeah, I was that guy. Oh, that that game looked like booty butt cheeks on the PS4, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Mm. All right. Best debut indie game. <laughs> I have not heard of a, one of these. Cocoon, Dredge, Pizza Tower, Venba, Viewfinder. Uh, I'll go with Cocoon. Um, just because uh, I'm just thinking about like that, that '80s movie with the same name. <laughs> I'll just go with Cocoon. Go on, Dredge. Yeah, hey, why not? <laughs> hey. Next up, we have Best Independent Game. Hmm. Cocoon, Dave the Driver, Dredge, Sea of Stars, and Viewfinder. Uh, I'm going to go with Sea of Stars. All right. I'll go Dave the Driver. Hmm. Um, uh, Nick Thomas says in the comment, uh, GTA six got my juices tantalized. Um, listen, I will, I will say, so do it. Yeah. Same here. Oh yeah. Same here. And, uh, yeah. you know, in, in the words of, uh, Masse and Mansois, uh, for maximum male models, no longer in WWE, uh, GTA six, uh, titillates the juices of, uh, wait, what was there? What was there? What was there? Titillate the juices of something or other. Look, the bottom line is like GTA Six. Yo, it's got my juices tantalized too. Like it, it's got me uh, tickled pink. And um, I get, I'll give that game. I, I, I will give the teaser trailer um, um, uh, two snaps up, a twist, and a kiss. Stop. You can't, going this? Can't touch <laughs> Working physics. Yeah, yeah, they got it. And you can fight gators too. I want to wrestle a gator in GTA Six. That's that's what I want. Gator, take no shit. (laughs) All right. You you feel me? Games for impact. (laughs) Uh, a space for the unbound. Chance of Sinar. Goodbye, Volcano High. Okay. Chia. Hmm. Terrandil 
or Venma. Venba, excuse me. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Venba for this one. I don't know. Something about it. All right, and I'll go with uh, Goodbye Volcano High. Okay. All right, best performance. Mm. All right, we got Aegis Elba as Solomon Reed in Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. Melanie Laborde as Saga Anderson in Alan Wake 2. Yuri Lowenthal as Peter Parker in Spider-Man 2. Cameron Monaghan as Cal Kestis in Star Wars uh, Jedi Survivor. Neil, Bo- Neil Nuvo- Nubin mm-hmm. as Astarion mm-hmm. in Baldur's Gate 3. And Ben Starr as Clive Rosfield in Final Fantasy 16. Wow. Uh, yeah. A solid lineup here. Um, um, I was, for me, I was I was torn between Melanie Laborde and Yuri Lowenthal, because Melanie Laborde is is amazing as Saga Anderson and Alan Wake too. Um, but I, I I'm gonna go with Yuri Lowenthal with, with this one. I think I think I think his performance is gonna be one of the few. One of the precious few Spider-Man Two victories we'll see at this year's Game Awards because, because I think because yeah. I think like if you if you've played Spider-Man Two like like there's something about what he brings to the table in this game, especially when he becomes Venom or when he when the symbiote starts taking taking over him more, and like how he relates to Mary Jane and Ma- and Miles Morales, like yeah, it definitely hits a sweet spot. And I'll say like Yuri Lowenthal's vo- vocal performance. Uh, can certainly uh, rival uh, the acting performances of some of the Spider-Men we've seen in live action, like Tom Holland and and Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, for sure. Um, all I'm going to say is with Spider-Man 2, I never got a chance to bring this up, mm-hmm. at least to you. Yeah. Howard. Howard. The pigeon guy. And that gutted me. It's like it's like I had a feeling how that how that side quest would end, cause like, um. But then like, oh man, when when all, all Howard wanted to do was like make us have you like give, give give his pigeons a new home. Like before that, like he you sat with him to look at the Statue of Liberty and like a fairy coming in one last time. Oh man, that it hit me right here, man. Yeah, sure did. R.I.P. Howard. Yep. <laughs> All right, best audio design. Ooh. Helen Wake 2. Hi-Fi Rush. Dead Space. Spider-Man 2. Or Resident Evil 4. Mm. Uh, man, um... You know, Resident Evil Four would be would be a top contender for for this category. I hear Dead Space would be the same, but based based on what based on my experience so far, I'm gonna go with Alan Wake Two. I'm gonna go with Alan Wake Two. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go with Dead Space. 
Okay. Yeah. Xbox needs something. Yeah, I, I was thinking I had, I was gonna select Dead Space, but I'm like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm gonna go with Alan Wake too for this one. Best score in music. Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Final Fantasy 16, Hi-Fi Rush, and Tears of the Kingdom. I'm going to go with uh, Final Fantasy 16. Really? Um, yeah, I have, I, have, I, have, I have a feeling that that's going to win for score. Uh, uh, Alan Wake 2, um, the... the it has some good songs like on a soundtrack, but I don't know. I haven't, I haven't um, really. I can't really say with confidence that that would be like the the top pick for score. But, uh, but yeah, but I'm, I'm gonna go with Tears of the Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because because I know historically Final Fantasy has always had like great soundtracks. Yeah, they usually they usually go boss of the worlds on that one. Yeah. All right, best art direction. Hmm. Alan Wake 2, Hi-Fi Rush, Tears of the Kingdom, Lives of P, Mario Brothers Wonder. Oh, for art direction, I'm going to go with Alan Wake 2. Um, like, the graphics are phenomenal. They're, like, photorealistic. Um, like, the foliage of, like, the rural uh, Bright Falls woods in Washington, the... The dark place, like yo, that game, man. Like it, it's it's like it's like taking it's like a huge like galaxy leap from Alan from the first Alan Wake to Alan Wake two. It's 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 like going from from a musty dusty ass football team like the Cowboys to like a multi time Super Bowl champion winning winning team franchise in the twenty first century. Yeah, it's it's not even close. It's like, it's like the graphical quality from part one to part two. Yo. It's like going for them boys to, to like multiple. What, the, Patri- what, the Patriots who's and we're just watching Bill Belichick's ego implode right in front of his face and it's beautiful. Oh, that's great because the Patriots the Patriots are horrible and so are their fans. Oh, don't worry. They're, their fans are trickling down. <laughs> pretty soon, pretty soon their fans Pretty soon, Patriot Stadium, Gillette, mm-hmm. at their games, it's going to look like the hard camp section at an AEW event. Goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> no seats filled. Just a bunch of tarp. <laughs> oh, All right. Best, best narrative. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Who do you have for uh, art direction? Or what do you have for art? Oh, I, put, I picked uh, Liza P. Liza P? Okay. Yeah. Solid pick. All right. Best narrative. We got Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, Final Fantasy 16, or Spider-Man 2? Oof, man, you know, I, I, I want to give it to Spider-Man 2, but, and I haven't finished Alan Wake 2, but just based on the strength of the narrative that I've seen so far, I'm going to go with Alan Wake 2. Cause, I'm gonna like, go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Spider Man, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Alan Wake too because like Sam Lake, like that man as a as a video game writer, that man don't miss. He's like Carmelo Hayes. Melo don't miss. Sam Lake don't miss either. Like Max Payne, 
control. Uh, did he write control? I think he wrote part of control. Um, the first Alan Wake. Bars. He's like a he's a he's a video game James Tinyan. Yeah, you could yeah you could definitely say. Oh, that. he got Tinyan has a new one. Oh, does he now? And it's not for the week. Ooh, okay. It's not for the week. Juicy. You know what? Yeah, that's it's a Victor comic. Okay. It's definitely a Victor comic. Okay. Okay. What's it called? I wouldn't give it a twenty-four, but I I can see them. I can see it getting picked up as a movie. It's very dark. Okay. Interesting. All right. Best game direction. Hmm. Alan Wake Two, Baldur's Gate, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, Spider Man Two, Mario Brothers Wonder. Ooh, for game direction, um, and like I said earlier, uh, based on like the the innovation that the game brings, I'm gonna go with Tears of the Kingdom for game direction. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with that. Uh, yeah, definitely Tears of the Kingdom. All right, um, I'll go with Spider Man too. I'm gonna. Okay. And last but not least, Game of the Year. All right. All right. So, Game of the Year, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Tears of the Kingdom, Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, and Mario Brothers Wonder. Heavy hitters all. Um, yeah, this is this is tough, but I I made my declaration mm-hmm. already. Okay. At launch. Okay. And when I beat the game that same weekend, mm-hmm. neglected my duties as a father. Yep. It was worth it. <laughs> I'm going to go with Spider-Man 2. You know, uh, man, um, you know, so far, uh, of the video games that I've completed, I will say uh-huh. Spider-Man 2 is my personal favorite game of the year, of 2023. But for the Game Awards, based on the un- high universal praise that this game has received from both critics and audiences alike, I have not heard one bad thing about this game at all. I will go with Baldur's Gate 3 as the Game of the Year winner at the Game Awards. And and you know what? I will go so far as to say that I will be shocked if Baldur's Gate 3 does not walk away with the top prize. Just based on the sheer praise that this game has received. And Mind you, I've never even played it. And I want to play it, and I will eventually. But Baldur's Gate 3, I would be extremely surprised if it doesn't walk away with the Game of the Year winner uh, prize. It's a tough contender. It's a tough one, but yeah, I gotta stick to my guts. I said this. I already forgot the. I forgot the release date. It was October twentieth, I think. Thank you, sir. Yep. Uh, yep. And I, I gotta stick to my gun. I gotta stick to my guns with it. Hey, hey, you know what? Hey, hey, if hey, hey, if Spider Man Two wins, you, I would be a happy camper. Like I would. I mean, 
I'm pretty sure like a lot of Baldur's Gate fans will be extremely butthurt at that at that choice, but hey, I'd be completely pleased with it. So, um, so yeah, and so that completes the nominations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the wages. All right, all right. So, uh, Carl, should uh, should you go first, or should I go first as far as like what the stipulation would be? It would be to watch a movie of yes, yes, the winner's choice. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I will say, Carl, if I if my if I get more predictions right for this year's Game Awards, uh, huh? uh, my my stipulation to you is that you will have to watch the three hour uh, extravaganza that is Ari Aster's third feature film, which came out earlier this year, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Bo is afraid. You're gonna watch it, and you're gonna like it, and you're gonna review it on the podcast. Oh yeah. No surprise. So, since you want to give me, since you want to give me a three-hour movie, okay, I think I'll give you two. Two movies that equal up that time. Okay. Both of them are on your favorite streaming platform. Oh, God. Tubi. Two Tubi movies? Really? Yes. So the first one is called Killer Zaddy. I, I I don't think I heard you. What was that? What was the title? Killer Zaddy. Killer Zaddy. Okay, let, let me. It let, let me let me see what this is about. Let me go on. Real. You could. Me, oh, I, I got it. I got it highlighted on the TV right now. Okay. A college student with financial troubles meets the stable, successful man of her of her dreams, but she soon finds out that her dreams come at a price. Okay. Well. Hmm. Okay. Killer Zaddy. And the second one is uh, made by Providence's own uh, Stanley Bois from Stanley Hot, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna go. It's called Pray for the Bear. Ah yes, the uh, Rhode Island-based Tubi movie. Yes. Okay, so these movies are like what an hour long? Uh, hour and a half. Uh, oh Jesus! Wait, that's not fair. Wait, what? what, what wait. Oh yeah, okay, that amounts to three hours. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so 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 when you watch Bo is Afraid, Carl, uh, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your review of that Ari Aster uh, comedy, which it's it's an it's a comedy. Um, I I just can't wait to hear the Carl Bird review of Bo is Afraid, especially the Mariah Carey scene. First of all, my reviews have gotten way better since then. <laughs> Oh yeah, you've got, you've got you. I, I give you that. You you've come a long way from it's like Call of Duty, but it's not. <laughs> I have grown as a podcaster since. Yes. And 
mind you, for Pray for the Bear, I have friends in that movie. What so a, be nice. <laughs> would I know any of them? Maybe. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be on the lookout. I'll be on the lookout. Maybe, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So, yeah, man. Okay. Killer Zaddy, Pray for the Bear, <laughs> versus Bo is Afraid. Who will win at this year's Game Awards? We shall see. Uh, this... By the way, I literally just scrolled on Tubi and just saw the title. I'm like, yep, that's it. Killer Zaddy. Okay. Uh, but ridiculous but uh yeah uh thursday that's why i chose it <laughs> well i don't know hopefully it's on the us more on the end of the velocipaster than love thy neighbor but i don't have any confidence um but you just ask vanessa vanessa vanessa, vanessa. <laughs> but yeah man uh game of awards 2023 it's this thursday uh december 7th uh uh Tune in to see all the uh, winners and perhaps all of the upcoming uh, game announcements that will be made at the at this yeah. year's awards. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing: those game announcements don't mean shit mm. because we got Grand Theft Auto Six. Listen, Grand Theft Auto Six. I got it's in Florida, Vice City. So I got two words: Luke dancers. Listen. Luke dancers twerking physics in 3D 4K. Listen, Rockstar Doodoo Brown, don't stop, get it, get it. I want to rock. Oh, I want to rock. I want to rock. Right oh, Kathy, now. I hope Kathy walks in and sees you watching that <laughs> just to see what that react, <laughs> just to see what that scenario would be. I would love to be a fly in the ball, but you're just watching that. She comes up and like. I don't know if she curses like that, but she'll probably be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, l- listen, listen, man. I mean, Rockstar has spent like a good decade on, working on this game to give us uh, uh, some, 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 some twerkinating and uh, gator fighting. So I am ready for 2025. We, 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 I mean, 2024 is going to be a glorious year for sure for many reasons, but 2025... Listen, man. Nothing matters. I mean, that year, I, 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 I probably won't have to play any other games. Like, I'm, I'm gonna have to clear my hard drive space for yeah. GTA Six. Oh, absolutely. And from what I hear, GTA Six might be at the base level a hundred dollars. Worth it. I mean. I'd say worth it, but I just hope that that price point does not set an ugly precedent for games in the future to come. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because 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 when games start 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 when games start to cost as much as Neo Geo games from back in the day, no. Oh my god, <laughs> I don't think it will go that far. Yeah, $250 dollars a pop. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, game awards coming up. Uh, so yeah, let us know what y'all what you think in the comments. Uh, email us at codexprimepodcast at gmail Speaking of which, I, I I really do need to 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 check out the inbox because it's been many months. But I don't know if anybody's emailed us in the interim. But I'm gonna clear out all the uh, spam emails that I'm sure that we've gotten 
in our yeah i'm gonna need you to do that because i don't even have the (laughs) i can't remember the password so yeah I'll, i'll i'll get into that but yeah, uh, other than that, Carl, uh, what else you got as we uh, wrap up this week? Uh, I will be spinning at the Path in Fall River, eight twenty King Phillips Street, on the fifteenth, and then I will be at OSHA on December twenty second. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be spinning. I'll be spinning there too. So make sure y'all come through. Check me out. Hear some great music because that's all I deliver. And you know, you can catch me on my radio, on all my socials. I post all my Mixcloud links and stuff, so y'all can keep up with me. Um, yeah, I think that's about it on my end. Word up, word up. And uh, yeah, you can you know uh, c- uh, catch me on uh, uh, Vic- at Victor Amoyo on Instagram. Uh, definitely look out for my upcoming podcast project, Do the Film Thing, coming out January 2024. Pinky's in the air. Uh, more details to come on, on my upcoming project. I'm so excited for this. I uh, hope you all will be too when, when the time comes. Uh, and also you can catch our podcast, Codex Prime, every Tuesday around 8, 8 p.m.-ish Eastern on Facebook Live. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Just Google Codex Prime Podcast. You'll find us everywhere, uh, any podcast platform of your choice. Uh, and we're also on Instagram, at Codex Prime Podcast as well. Yes. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what we got. That's all we got for this week. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week where we'll get into the results of this week's Game Awards. And we'll find out uh, just who won uh, this year's Game Awards wager. I can't wait for Carl Bird to get into Bo is Afraid. Uh, three hours of the Ari Aster experience. Um, yeah. Yup. It, 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 it's it's, it's, it's going to be nuts. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> yep, that's that's what you're gonna hear in 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 that in that movie. So uh, so yeah, there's that. Why could it be this one? Wait, what's that? That's the remix. Oh, the remix. Okay, all right. With the brat and escape. Ah, interesting. But uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna escape out of here for this week's episode. So uh, as always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.